um, verses 30 down to 36. Um, so here we go. Um, I want to start with basically just a testimony. Um, so um, I've been, at, if you don't know me, I go to Oral Roberts University um, for school. Yeah, there's a couple more that are coming. Raise your hand if you're going to ORU. Mm-hmm. Olivia, raise your hand. Yes. Oh, there's an <laughs> alumni in the building. Yeah. Alumni, ORU, ORU alum. Um, Jordan, ORU? Ah, uh, no. <laughs> <Dang it>. um, <laughs> but um, anyways, I go to Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I've been there for the past two years, and um, I have two more years to go. But the last two years have been definitely like a season of season. Everyone says that. It's just been like, there's been like some good times, but also like a lot of difficult times. And I feel like a lot of those have just been with, um, I feel like the Lord has been just like, I guess, pruning me and um, just working out my heart in certain areas. Um just with the busyness of life, being away from family and my really close friends. I think that's one thing specifically that's been difficult is I haven't had like, even though it's a Christian college, I feel like I haven't had like the super, super close friends that I have here, even though I went to a public high school here, it doesn't really make sense. But um, but here I just have friends that I can like super count on, whereas there I haven't like fully found them yet. And I know that that takes time too. So, um, but, Anyways, all that to say, it's just been like, there's been a lot of times where life has been very confusing, um, where I would get like, I would worry about a lot of things. Sometimes I, I tend to worry about things. I try not to, but um, but that happens. Um, and then just everything happening all at once, being very busy. And I'm sure everyone experiences all of these things with life, maybe even more in the past couple of years. Um, and don't get me wrong, college is awesome. I don't want to put, like paint a bad picture of that. I love college. Um, but it just feels like the last couple of years, the Lord's been like working out my heart, like massaging it to the point where it like, kind of hurts, but I know it's like going to be good um, in the long term. Um, so when I went into college, I kind of felt like the Lord wanted me to stop leading everything, basically, which if you don't know me, that's like kind of a big deal because when I was in high school, I was like, I basically led like, like everything that I was in. <laughs> so I was like, I led the Fellowship of Christian Athletes Club, which would have like a bunch of people for pizza at our high school. I led like a worship and prayer club. I led worship here all the time. Um, I was a Young Life leader and I did a lot of Young Life. I was like team captain for football and diving. So there was just like a lot of stuff that I was like, if I was in it, I was like all in, like leading, like. Um, bringing people with me and all this stuff. But I kind of felt like the Lord was like, okay, for this season, like, hold back a little bit. I don't know if it was the Lord or me. Maybe I just needed a break. And so it was my own, like, mental clock. Um, but I, I even tried when I first got to my college to stop or to, to start leading, like, a little bit of worship in the prayer gardens. But then, like, after a little, after a little while, I decided to shut it down because it was just getting a little crazy. There's people, like... I, there's people doing some weird like spiritual stuff and like casting demons out of people I'm not sure there was actually like a demon in them and stuff. so I was like we're just gonna shut this down like maybe that's like too far for the like for what, what's going on right now 
And so I was like, uh, I feel like the Lord was like, kind of teaching me, just like, just like, this is not your time to be leading me. <laughs> so I did not want to, I was like, I did not come to where you to like lead something like this. So, <laughs> sorry. Anyways, um, there is a time and place for that. And it is a very unique time and place, I think. But, um, Spending time with Jesus. I, oh, these are some things. Sorry, got off track a little bit. But I also learned a lot about the Lord through all of this time of like not not leading, kind of being more in like isolation stage. Um, one of the things I learned was that spending time with Jesus doesn't have to um, mean like reading your Bible all the time. And I think this was important for me to learn because whenever I spend time with Jesus, it would be like my Jesus time and then my like life time. It was like Jesus time would be like, you know, 30 minutes to an hour and then like life would be like the rest. And so I just began to realize like, well, when I have my Jesus time, it doesn't always have to be like reading my Bible. Like I can go like play basketball with Jesus. So like I would do that some days. I would like just go to the gym and shoot hoops by myself and just like try to pray while I was shooting hoops or like other things like that. Not saying that the Bible isn't important, definitely read the Bible. Um, that was just an important lesson for me. Um, and then another lesson that I learned was that God loves when we bring him, um, the things that we fail in or, um, the things that we're not so good at, or even our weakness. Um, he loves it when we bring those things to him instead of kind of like hiding them and feeling ashamed for them. And so one story I have it's going to be like kind of a central theme story for the message. I like to call it my elevator story. Um, but I would try to wake up every morning early enough to, um, to spend a little bit of time with Jesus before I go to my classes. Um, but this one semester was just like really struggling. My classes were kind of early and it was just hard for me to wake up early. So this one morning, I think it was like probably the third or fourth, fourth morning that I did this, um, I like slept in like 30 or 45 minutes past my alarm and I was just really mad at myself because I was like, come on, Josiah, like, why can't you just wake up a little bit earlier and spend some time with Jesus? Like, this is so easy and you're just like, you know, you're just like not doing good, you know? And so anyways, I was just kind of feeling ashamed about this. Um, but I just like kind of had this like switch in my brain where I like, I got ready, I had like 10 minutes to like get ready and like eat an apple with some peanut butter or something before I left. And then like I got in the elevator and I'm on the top floor of this like 11 floor building. And so I have like 10 seconds, you know, like kind of a long elevator ride. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna spend time with Jesus right now. <laughs> and so I was in the elevator, I was just like, all right, Jesus, like, thanks for this day. I've been really busy, but like, here I am. And then like, bam, elevator opens, there I go. But, um, I just felt like the Lord was teaching me something like in that moment where like the Lord, I was realizing like the Lord didn't count me out because I slept in, you know, like he didn't count me out or like I, I would maybe counted myself out or I almost did where I was like, dang it. Like I just messed up. Like there's another day, like another day on this side of the line where you want to be like on this side where you're always like spending time with the Lord or whatever. Um, but he loves it when we even have something so weak as that 10 second little prayer um, something like that a week, yes. Um, and the truth is, um, it's he that brings himself to 
it, he that brings us to himself. We don't bring ourselves to him. And so that's kind of one thing that I was learning is um, me trying to wake up every morning and spend time with him. That's great. And I encourage you all to like do that and work on that. You probably already are doing that way more than me. But, um, but that's like me and my own willpower doing that is not, is not going to bring me closer to Christ. It's, it's him that's going to do that. And it's him that's going to do the transformation in me. And some verses that I just have been meditating on have been like, um, and praying about have been all scriptures of John. Um, and a, a, couple, a lot of these kind of illustrate that point. First John chapter four, verse 19. You guys don't have to go to these. I'm just going to go for them. First John chapter four, verse 19. We love him because he first loved us. And it's like, oh, I thought like, I thought I chose him. And it's like, no, John chapter 15, verse 16. You did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. And then there's John chapter 3, verse 27. A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. And then somewhere in John 15, it's, uh, it says, you can do nothing without, or without me, you can do nothing. And so it's like all these things where it's like, you can do all these things, but it's not going to get you any closer to Jesus if, you, if it's not coming from him. If you don't have Jesus with you. In that, and I think that's one thing that John um, really understood. If you read John chapter fifteen, which I encourage you guys to read more of John. If you want to read more of John, start with chapter fifteen, where it's talking about abiding, like Danny was saying, and just being with the Lord, and that is so key, such a key thing. Um, John the Baptist says, John chapter three, verse thirty: He must increase, and I must decrease. Um, this is the scripture that I had you guys open to, if you were there. Um, but it says, He must increase, and I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. And when I was reading this, it's easy to just skip over that part, but I just kind of stopped myself there. and was like, dang. He who comes from above... We have a <laughs> kitchen over there. So that's the kitchen is... <clears throat> But anyways, he who comes from above is above all. Um, he who's of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. But he who comes from heaven is above all. So two times in this passage it says that. He who comes from above, he who comes from heaven is above all. And it was just making me think, um, it's in his hands. Like this is really important. John wants us to get this. Like he is above all. Like he's got us. He's the one that's in control, not us. Um, keep reading after that. He who comes from heaven is above all, and what he has seen and heard, that he testifies. And no one receives his testimony. Um, I was just thinking, his testimony, like the way that Jesus looks at life, that's kind of what I was thinking about it. And a lot of times, um, maybe it's his testimony or the way he's looking at life, where like, he's like, I don't, I don't count you out because you didn't wake up this morning. Or like, I don't count you out because of, um, of whatever you think, wherever you don't measure up to God's standards. Um, but in his testimony, he's like, I forgive you and I love you for things like that. Um, but it's very difficult. Like it says right here, no one receives this testimony. Um, and so I'm realizing, I think, that I don't need to make myself any more like Christ. In fact, that's exactly kind of what I'm not supposed to do. 
Um, what I need to do is get closer to him and get to know him and to spend time with him um, so that he can transform me from the inside out. And um, I, I think what it's saying here also in that verse um, in John where it says, what he has seen and heard, that he testifies, and no one receives his testimony. Um, then the next verse after that, it says, um, he who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. So it's a little oxymoron type thing because it's like, he who has received his testimony, how does that work? Because no one receives his testimony. But I think what it's getting at is that um, you can receive his testimony, but it, it's from um, the inside of your heart and you have to be changed to be like him, to receive that. But no one in their own will receives what, what he's saying and what he's doing. Mm. And so kind of what I was thinking about that is um, kind of goes back to Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, mm. where it says, I actually memorized this in um, Young Life Leader training in high school. But I wrote it down just in case I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, this is New King James. This isn't the one I memorized. Oh, wow. By the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And I was thinking about this scripture in light of the scripture in John, and it's saying that this is your reasonable service. And um, it's like Paul's saying, like, this is your job. This is like what you're supposed to do. You know, just present your body as a living sacrifice. Um, and I, when I think about this, um, my first thought is, wow, that's so much easier than what I try to do. Like, all I need to do is present myself. Like, I don't need to, like, work at it or do all these things or go save people. Like, go do all those things. That's awesome. You know, like, you do want to spend time with the Lord and be in the Word and um, go pray for people and stuff like that. But none of that um, is what we're called to do as a Christian, you know? Our reasonable service is presenting our bodies to Him for whatever He wants us to do and just being with Him. Um, but then there's this other part to it where it's you're presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice, um, which sounds a little scary. Um, it's definitely a little scary, I think, and it's definitely um, not not um, painless, but I do think it is easy. I want to make that distinction because presenting your body as a living sacrifice is easy. You just have to be willing to be sacrificed and then you're there, you know, like you don't need to like, it's not, it's not that difficult to do that. You're just like, all right, here I am, Lord. Like anyone could be a living sacrifice. You don't need to be like, you know, some high ranked um, military person to like be that, you know? Um, but it, that doesn't mean that it's, that it's pain-free. Um, and um, so we need to be okay if the Lord is going to, like, kill some parts of us. Or, like, I was thinking, like, roasting my pride over a fire or killing my desire to always be perfect or to want to do things um, the best way that I think is the best. Um, and so a lot of these things are painful, but isn't that what Jesus meant when he said to take up our crosses and to follow him? Mm -hmm. Um the cross is going to hurt, as I'm sure you all know. Um, and life hurts. And um, in fact, I think, I think the cross is a symbol for the pain of all of our sins that we have to bear. And I think everyone has a cross. You know, it's just a choice of whether you decide to follow Jesus with your cross or mm -hmm. to take your cross and just follow the ways of the world. 
I think there will be pain either way. Um, but the difference is whether you follow Jesus or not with that pain. Um, so anyways, back to Romans 12. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove or that you may know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Um, yeah, so it's painful following Jesus with our cross. But it's worth it because he will transform our mind and he will transform who we are. It says be transformed. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really say like do transformation. Like you don't have to do something. It's just like mm -hmm. as you present your body to the Lord, as you get close to him and as you draw near to him, um, he will transform you. You will be transformed um, by the renewing of your mind. Just by our willing yes. Um, that's, that's what I was kind of saying with this message, just being willing and available, having that willing yes. Um, okay, so back to what John the Baptist is saying in John chapter 3. Um, um, this, I'm going to, what did we just finish with? What, what Jesus has seen and heard, what he has seen and heard, verse 32, that he testifies, and no one receives his testimony. But he who has received his testimony has certified or has um, shown that God is true. Mm -hmm. And so I think we, re we receive that testimony when we begin to be transformed mm -hmm. by taking up our crosses and following him, by getting close to him, by renewing our minds. Then we can receive his testimony. Then we can start to think about life the way that he thinks about it, where he's like, no, even this 10 seconds in the elevator, like, I love that. Like, I love what you're doing with me, even then. Like, even this, like, little glance up at me in the middle of, you know, like, the shopping aisle at Lucky, and, like, you've been having a stressful day, and, like, you're going to be, like, 20 minutes late for dinner, but, like, that little glance up at him, like, he loves that. You can start to think of things the way that he starts to think of things. Mm. Um, so, he who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. Mm. And it's not, um, it's not that we are true or that, you know, something else is true, it's God, it's about him. He's going to do it. So, like, that's kind of how you know, like, if someone is um, truly, like, with God, following God, um, are they glorifying him? Is, is he being the one that's lifted up as true in their life? Um, for And then the next verse, um, verse 34. For he whom God has sent speaks the word of God. For God does not give the spirit by measure. Um, I really like this part. When I'm available even for a second... Even for one moment, he loves that. Um, to him, he doesn't come to me with less of himself mm. because it's only a little bit of time. Because it's like less than what Amy can do or, you know, what someone else can do. Mm. He doesn't come to us with less of himself. We get all of him right then. He gives the spirit with, or he does not give the spirit by measure. So he doesn't measure out himself to any person. Mm. Um, I was just thinking about that. It's just really moving my heart. Um, but then it says, um, The Father loves the Son and has given all things into His hand. Um, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. 
Um, so it's like, who, whose testimony are we believing? Are we believing our own perspective of life? Or like for me, I was just like, I can live in like that guilt or that shame of, wow, I just failed again. And, you know, I tried so hard, but I just can never do it, which is true. Um, I, I can't ever do it. Um, but am I going to believe that or am I going to believe what, what Jesus says about me as being true? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do I believe that? That's kind of, I guess, the practical application of this message. I think what I'm learning is just spending time with the Lord. And that doesn't mean like, I, I think that just means like what, I'm, like what the title of the message is, being available and willing. Like just for me, what I've been doing recently is just sitting there and being like, all right, Lord, if you want to say something, say something. But like, if you don't say anything, that's okay, do. Like if I want to read my Bible or like if I feel like you're really moving me to do that, that's awesome. But like, um, if not, like that's okay. In this season, I'm, I'm, it's great to read your Bible all the time. I'm not saying that at all, but um, I just feel like that's what the Lord's been putting on my heart. It's just sitting there and being like, all right, Lord, here I am, um, and just kind of waiting. And I think getting to know someone um, takes time, especially someone that you want to love. And, like, that's supposed to be our relationship with the Lord is, like, being super close, like, closest friends. Um, that's kind of why we we were created, right? If you go back to the Garden of Eden and... Um, the Lord created man like him because he wanted a friend. And so that's who we are supposed to be, a friend of God. We're not supposed to be like, okay, I have someone who I know like forces himself to wake up a half hour before every day because like he thinks that that's what's going to get him into heaven. You know, like we're supposed to be a friend of God. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that's kind of how we get to that place of um, believing in him, understanding who he is, um, our minds being transformed. And I just want to share really quick a uh, story of the importance of getting to know him. So John, if you don't know about John, um, you should look more into him. I don't really know that much about John, actually. I've just been reading a lot of John recently because my Hebrew professor told me to. And so I didn't know where I should go read next in the Bible. So I started reading John. And um, it's really different from a lot of the other writers in Scripture. But it's so good. Um, a lot of his thing is about being with God, being near God, being close to God. Um, he was the disciple that leaned on Jesus' breast, um, that um, Peter would ask him to ask Jesus who betrayed him because uh, Peter was a little scared. He didn't think he was going to be able to get the answer from Jesus. But he was like, I think John might be able to. I think he's close <laughs> enough to Jesus. You know, John was in Jesus' big three that got to see him on the Mount of Transfiguration. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, one thing that like really strikes me about John um, is he was the only disciple that made it to the foot of the cross when Jesus died. Mm-hmm. Um, all the other disciples forsook him and fled or denied him like Peter. Um, but John was the only one. There's a few women there as well. Um, but out of the 12, John was the only one that was still left there. Um, and so it just got me thinking. I'm just going to read this really quick. John chapter 19, verse 25 through 27. Um, now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, 
and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, that's John, he called himself the disciple whom he loved, standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his own home. And so John takes Mary into his house after that moment. And Mary becomes his mom, basically. Um, but I was just thinking about this and all the things that, you know, these little things that I've been going through the last two years. Just like the little things of life that are just like, you know, confusing or a little frustrating here and then, you know. And like it has been difficult. And I know like everything that um, people go through, like I'm sure that you guys go through, is very difficult. Um, but in the moments that are the most difficult, and this is just what I was thinking about, um, with all of these disciples, the most difficult, confusing, frustrating, um, you know, angering moment of their lives, when Jesus is brought to the cross and killed, um, none of them stayed, except for the one that was the closest to Jesus. And he was the one that was like, I can just, I just imagine in John's brain, him thinking like, well, I don't really know what's going on, but like, I'm going to be there like with him, wherever he is, you know? Like, I'm going to be there next to him, even in all the pain. And so that's just what I've been, like, thinking about for my own life is, um, Lord, I just want to be, like, with you. And, and, like, in the midst of all the pain, like, I want to be there with you. And I don't want to just forsake you. And I know, like, all the other disciples, they, like, um, they fled away from Jesus and they were forgiven. And, like, the Lord loved them. And they were still, like, amazing people and did amazing things. But I just still think it's so amazing what John did, how he was there um, with Jesus through all the pain, through all the struggle. And I just um, want to bring myself near enough to the Lord to not forsake him in times like that and to be his friend, even when I don't understand what he's doing, why he's dying in front of me, you know, like why these huge plans or these things that I think of as so important um, are going away. Um, I want to know him like John knew him. And um, I know that I can't do that on my own. I know that none of us can do that on our own. It's going to be him. I mean, if there's anything that we learn from the books of John, that's what we learn. Like, he's the one that's going to do it. Um, but I also think we can ask God for that. And we can pray for that and be like, Lord, I want to know you like that. Mm -hmm. I want to know you like that. Like, would you show me how to do that? Yeah. And I think the Lord honors that. Even if you you don't really necessarily like feel like you want Jesus enough to like, spend time with him in the morning like you can be like Lord I want to want to spend time with you like could you just help me with that like I would love to do that it's just like right now I just don't want to you know like I've had times like that where I'm like Lord help me want to want to spend time with you please like like right now I'm just feeling like mundane you know and so it's going to be him that does it and he answers even those um weak little prayers um here at the end of all, the, I'm just going to tie it into the end times just with this. In any times, whether it's you're about to die, that's your own end time, or the end times when Jesus returns, um, you just need to know that um, that the Lord, like, there's going to be uh, a time when things probably aren't going the way you expected, or things are more confusing than normal, or um, not the same as you always thought. And in many ways, sometimes I think of the end times for the church as being like the church's cross before the marriage of the Lamb. And um, 
And so I want to just be prepared in that place to be close to Jesus and not to be one who um, runs or hides for a little bit and then like comes back. I want to know Jesus well enough to where even in a situation like that or even in super hard um, situations in my own life, um, just to know Jesus like that. And so anyways, we'll invite the worship team up and I'm going to pray. Yeah. So Jesus, Lord, thank you so much, God, for who you are and for loving us so much. God, we want to be with you through whatever that you go through. God, we want to be your closest friends. Lord, we want to consider ourselves the people that you love. Consider ourselves your favorite. Lord, like it says in the song Solomon, Lord, that we would consider ourselves the fairest, Lord. That we would consider ourselves the one that you love the most. Lord, that we would truly believe that when we have just one glance at you. Lord, when we just look at you, Lord, with one glance in the middle of the grocery store. Or in the middle of an elevator, Lord, on our way to school, Lord. God, that when we look to you in moments like that, God, that you love that. Lord, that you're a friend. You just want to see us even just for a little bit, Lord. You just want to see our hearts postured toward you even for a little bit. God, you want to be our friend, Lord. And so we ask, God, that you would give us something deep, Lord, that we would draw near to you, Lord, that we would be brought close to you, Lord. For those here, Lord, that, uh, that want to know you or that want to want to know you, Lord, we ask that you would do that, God, in them, Lord. God, me included, that, Lord, I just want, I want to know you more, Lord. I want to know who you are more. Lord, I want to be close enough to you, Father, that even in all the difficulties, I'm there right with you. I'm there right with you even when I don't understand, even in all the confusion. Lord, that I'm there right with you at the cross. Even if everyone else has fled, Lord, that I'm there. Lord, I just want to be available and willing for whatever it is, no matter what. Lord, a living sacrifice before you. So, God, we ask for all of us here, Lord, that you would just prepare our hearts. Lord, that you would make us willing. God, that you would make us ready. That you would make us available. Lord, help us grow deeper and deeper in our love for you, Lord, and in our knowledge of how much you love us. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Oh, oh, oh.